Welcome to uh, November's from the Rookery End. We are three lifelong Watford fans, season ticket holders in the Rookery End, and these podcasts are our take on life as a Watford fan. My name is John, with me as normal is Mike. That is me, hello. And Jason. Hello. And we are in a pub. We are not at a quiz night. We are not at a football ground watching the under-18s and the half senior cup. Which is a bit disappointing, isn't it, Jason? It is. We like going to see the, uh, the young lads play. It would have been nice to be in a new ground as well for us. Yeah, Potter's Bar Town. Never been there. Never been there, no, to uh, watch the, uh, the tenants, Hadley. I actually had a bunch of stats ready to, to talk about with the Hertfordshire Senior Cup. It's, it's, it's a trophy um, which Watford had won. Did you know that the, the Cup started in uh, 1886? Watford uh, won it first time in 1888-89 uh, season. Uh, under the, under the uh, Watford Rovers, of course, at that point. Uh, in fact, we where it makes the final the first two years, but we won it for the first time in the third year of the trophy. Uh, we've actually won it 16 times in total. Can you guess which Hertfordshire club have won it the most? Um, I can guess. I'm going to hazard a guess at one of the B's. Uh, uh, Barnet or Bishop Stortford I'm going to say Barnet okay. Jason <laughs> I'll read that one <laughs> yeah. well, I asked Jason this earlier the original answer Jason was I, well, yeah I fired off a quick one as went to St Albans and then I sat there and worked it I thought no actually no I know the answer is one it's Barnet, it's Barnet. they won it 19 times we won it 16 times because uh, we last won it in 2003-2004 under the guidance of Sir Nigel Gibbs uh, in that team Adrian Mariapa Lloyd Doyley and Ashley Young I've got to tell you Jason's looking increasingly uncomfortable as you reel off all these stats <laughs> He's <laughs> surfing his position in the uh, in the podcast triumvirate. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a shame we didn't get to see those players because we got to see them a couple of weeks ago. The under 18s, Mike, at the, uh, the was it the Premier League under, under 21? 21 cup? Yeah, and round two or something. Yeah, like. which earned them a, a tie away at Plymouth, which they subsequently won. So congratulations yeah. to the boys on that. And not only did we watch it, we were commentating. So yeah. apologies if you were um, <laughs> tuning in on the uh, Hornets player that evening. But uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, uh, disappointed. Great to be in the pub, by the way. I'm yeah. never going to sound as glum as you about being in the pub. We was looking forward to getting along there tonight and seeing how some of these, these boys that we hear about but haven't necessarily seen too much of um, are getting on. We'd, like you say, we did, we did see them in that game against um, Bristol Rovers, wasn't it? And they came through a penalty shootout, which in itself is, is quite pleasing to see. It was, a, it was a lengthy penalty shootout, so any team coming through that shows a bit of steel, shows a bit of nerve, so that was good. Uh, I think if we're looking at individual players, one I get asked about a lot is Ikpezu, Ikpezu. Yeah. And it was interesting to see him because he is very much a rough diamond. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people who are expecting him to be in and around the first team squad. And my, albeit non-expert take on it would be he's a long way from featuring in the first team squad. He's. But that was isn't that the thing where people sort of see some nice goals on YouTube? They uh, see the stats that he scored a lot of goals for yeah. Reading Academy, volume, and you sort of go, right, well, he must be a good goal scorer. Not. At every single level, yeah, I think, not the top level. Quite I think yet. the thing we saw in the under, the under 21 cup, which is the game we saw, you can place three outfield players, and I think Bristol Rovers did have a overage. couple. Yeah, three outfield overage players. Sorry, and you know he's all of a sudden coming up against players who are older than him, more experienced than him, and you know he scored a lot of goals at under 18 or, or academy level, and it's a big step up from that to the next level to then reserve team football or such as it is, and then and then breaking into the first team squad. So it, it pays me for me is a, is a long way. 
away. I think Luke O'Neill that night was, was very, very composed. Really um, looked very, very calm on the ball, strong despite his sort of slight, slight physique. Um, he looked good. Uh, Jakubiak up front looked really, really promising. He got that goal from open play that night. He looked, he looked one that, that perhaps might not be too far away. Uh, and he's one where he's, he's been on the fringes a lot, and people have heard of uh, Bernard Mensah. And you know that guy's got got real pace, which is which is an absolute asset, as we'll no doubt talk about later in the, in the podcast. But so a shame that we haven't seen him tonight. Um, it would have been good, um, but enough enough in that game that we saw to see that there's some you know some real um, green shoots of um, not recovery because we don't need to recover from anything, but <laughs> something some blossoming going on yeah. there. Um, but I would uh, definitely would make the point. That I don't know what you thought about him, John. That Ikezu is is a long way. He's actually a long way off the first team squad. Yeah, I, th- I think so. But but it's, it sort of has an energy to him. You think, oh, if you could really harness it, yeah, yeah, never be, gave it up. It would be really good. Never gave up. Got some yeah. really bad calls against him because he's a bad, he's a quite a big boy. And and considerably bigger at that that level, considerably bigger than those boys. Yeah, and it, and he put himself back and got the odd bad call from the ref, yeah. and he got visibly frustrated. But he did he did manage to rein it in. So uh, lots of positives about him. But I would be it's the sort of one that you might. Might, might, might see on the last game of the season. There's absolutely nothing riding on it. You know, the, the sunny day in, in April or May or wherever it is. He, he might get on for five minutes. Yeah. But I'd be surprised. See, because the last time we went to the Harps Senior Cup, Jason, about two years ago, a couple of players we saw there have made it. Yeah, a couple of Watford players have made it uh, in uh, Sean Murray, Tommy Hoban. We even saw Jack Bonham. Mm. Uh, he let four goals in. He let four goals in. He let four goals in that night. He's had a bit of a torrid starting at Brentford. He had a, a game where he let a lot in. Um, but then he was up against a good striker. Um, I seem to recall we faced a, a rather good right back. I thought that night I failed to uh, spot the eight million pound Premier League striker. As he is now, who was playing up front for Bishop Stortford that night, Dwight Gale. Yeah, we um, it was because he scored against us two seasons on the road, didn't he? Uh, yeah, I think he scored. Yeah, he scored two, I think, that night in the County Cup, and then scored against the Peterborough last season. Yeah, so a man who is he's clearly a, a bogey man when it comes to, uh, to to playing against him. Uh, we're going to talk about the last month of football. Where we was last time we talked was after the win game. Since then, we played Leicester, Brighton, Derby. Huddersfield and Blackburn. We've had long enough now in this season to sort of figure out how this Watford team is setting up and what's its positive, what's its, its negatives. We've had, a, um, we've had over 14 um, games in the league, and uh, then we've got to talk a little bit about expectations and, and perspective of a football fan. Uh, we'll also be adding another object to our list of 100 objects. This one's about transportation. Plenty on this month's podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, climb aboard the Zola Coaster with From the Rookery End. Scream if you want to go faster! Here we are, 14 league games into the season. We're seventh. It's gone Play. quickly. It's gone very quickly. Well, I like to think that uh, time flies and are having fun. Yeah. Maybe this last month hasn't gone so quickly. Mm. But we're seventh, played 14, won six, drawn four, lost four, plus seven goals. 22 points. I'm told, thanks to uh, John on the what mail list, we are three points ahead of where we were this time last year. Now, last month we lost three, won one, drawn one. Mike, we had a great season last year. New look from Mazzola. Three five two. 
have teams work this out? Um, well, I think we, yes, to a degree. I think we were last year's surprise package, weren't we, right up until the end. Um, and then even when teams did know what to expect from us last year, we had people like Vidra, who's, although towards the end of the season he was out of form, his pace couldn't be ignored and people had to look after him. People knew what Chalibur and Abdi were capable of. So... Yeah, I think people people towards the end of the season had worked it out a little bit and, and knew what to expect from us. But we had players who were capable of, of springing that trap, if you like, of sort of just basically steamrolling teams. Now this this season is actually more more similar to the start of last season than than most people imagine because we are really starting again with quite a new quantity of players. You know, that's been a theme through the podcast. We've been talking about the new guys and how they've they've stepped in, but. A lot of them are new to the country and, and new to Watford, so... Well, actually, it's interesting you said new players. I, I wrote down the two lineups against Leicester when we played them uh, this last weekend and the Leicester that we played in the semi-final. And, of course, players who aren't around anymore, Chalabar, Ch- uh, Abdi, Briggs, Vidra, Hogg, of course, who, who came on the substitute that day. Uh, There's four changes. It's... It's not like this is the same Watford team. It, do, and it does feel different as well. There is just that feeling that it's something hasn't quite quite clicked. And of course, I think comparing it with that Leicester game where we were at the sort of summit of, of a sort of tumultuous season, hasn't it? it had all been building to that game, really. To take away the Leeds game, obviously. It all been we've been on an amazing run that started about this time last year. So we had just that, that season's worth of confidence and enjoyment and excitement yes. behind us. Um, there's been a goal in the Champions League we don't care about that it's been disallowed it's been disallowed no goal um, so have teams worked it out yes I think they have I think people know what to expect from Watford and we have got that almost that one dimension less than we did back then and, and we're struggling as a direct result I think you mentioned teams uh, players that we were without are no longer with us Abdi's involved in that you mentioned Abdi of course he's a long term injury absentee mm. and uh, what a loss he is eh? yeah. uh, Jason is there a plan B? that's a question for Mr Zola isn't it well, has he got a plan B but we could have a plan B I'm surprised that we haven't seen a 4-3-3 I mean, I've seen to start with a 4-3-3 this season we went to the 8 your place at Croxley last year and he revealed that 4-3-3 was indeed his favourite formation I think he started and but he's, the phrase I like what he said he said this 4-3-3 is the formation he had the most success with as a player mm, yeah and, and he started with that with Watford didn't he I think uh at the start of last season uh, and I'm surprised he hasn't tried that we, we talked about teams working us out and I think we've sort of seen aspects of that in recent games Brighton where we were trying we looked like we were on top in the second half at one all but we were trying to force the play up the middle it was too congested um, because Brighton knew that's where the ball was coming it's similar on, on Saturday with Leicester where we weren't moving much up front you could see they were set up in their formation to stop us from doing anything and, and I, I do think teams have worked us out surprised we've not seen a full 3-3 in it I, you, you don't want a knee jerk okay but if you were going to make some adjustments I would make I would probably give 4-3-3 again how would your 4-3-3 look um, I'm going to get all football manager on your ass now <laughs> okay <laughs> right, uh, um, I think the, the two biggest problems I've seen so far this season one defensively we're struggling. We, we, I mean, letting three goals at home twice on the trot now. Two clean sheets in the league. Uh, yeah, that, that's not that's not good enough for a team that wants to be up there. Um, and I don't think the defence is getting the protection from the midfield. Um, so I think I would have two 
defensive minded midfielders in front of my back four your back four would be my back four well back four probably extra and then Geller in the middle put it on the left Roney on the right so they still get forward and they would still get forward we forward, still yeah. give them the option to, to push on and, and overlap game forward because you've got the two defensive midfielders to sort of protect their anyway but I mean we know they're hard working midfielders they do it as wing backs hmm. um, and I think they, they both cope as full backs um, then my third midfielder I'll talk about two I haven't told you the two midfielders no, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm going to tell you my third midfielder is because my third midfielder is going to be an attacking midfielder playing behind the striker I would have Diego Fabrini there um, I don't know if anyone else noticed on Saturday in the Leicester game but when he came on he came on as part of a sort of a front three he was sort of working quite hard right across the pitch and I think he does that really well running sort of going left to right really? panels middle where is he a lot of movement that we lacked uh, in the first half of that game so I'd play him as an attacking midfielder behind the, the lone striker who would be Mr Dini Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. so the other two of the front three I'd have Murray wide on the right and I would have Forrest Jerry wide on the left okay. Okay. one of the other biggest problems that we've had I think is that we haven't been able to stretch the, the play yeah. as quickly as we'd like to and I think having that width in that front three allows us to do that that's why I've had Fabrini as a very attacking midfielder so we've got Deeney not on his own up the middle, but two wide players. Murray, we saw it against Brighton where he was getting wide, putting great crosses in for someone to get on the end. No, they didn't in that game, but yeah, Deeney should be in there attacking those. Um, Forrest Jerry, we talked about the last Leicester game, he's not putting a cross to Hogg, yeah, yeah, yeah. Deeney, etc. Yeah. Et so we know they can put good balls, but they're also very good at cutting inside and supporting the your target man, your man in the middle of that, that front three. Um, so significant changes. Oh, no, who are the, the back? So the yeah, defensive. so those two defensive midfielders. We got a lot to choose from, haven't we? <laughs> okay, who are you going to pick? Um, oh, well, Mike and I are waiting. Well, I'm open mouth. This, okay. this is still from the Rookery End, by the way. We know we're talking a lot about serious <laughs> football here, but this is from the. Yeah, I do apologise. Uh, no, love it. Love um, it. Well, when fit, you got to put him in, there. and I think what I've talked about is having defensive midfielders and a very attacking midfielder. You see, you need to have someone linking the two driving on yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's what Abdi does really well so I think Abdi would be able to perform that role but hey you can't have him in this team because he's not fit and he's, he's not fit so yeah I need someone else so it, it's a tough call isn't it I, I, McEachern I think I'd put McEachern in there I, I thought McEachern got a lot of stick on Saturday which was undeserved yeah. because yes he was playing a lot of keep the ball possession football having to play it so he's having to play it back but I think a lot of that was down to the fact that we didn't have that movement up front yeah. in the, particularly in the first half but also and, it, and he would have ended up doing what happened against Brighton where we were playing it into congested areas and we'd be losing the ball and, and, to, to, and to extend the point keeping the ball for this Watford side is no bloody bad thing because uh, Derby and, and Brighton in particular I don't think I've seen a Watford side give the ball away so easily and so often it was so frustrating luckily against Brighton they were just as sort of profligate mm. with it and they were giving it away as well um, I mean they looked like two sides very low on confidence I thought Watford and Brighton on, on that Monday night but sorry John you are you I'm going to say you, the, the one player you haven't named yet and I hope you don't name him personally uh, in, the, uh, in that last midf- uh, defensive midfielder is 
um, is McGugan because I know he's getting the stats in terms of the assists and the and the goals, but there's a point where loads of people are giving McEachern the, the the jip on Saturday because he was holding the game up. For me, the game the, 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 the attacking start that we held up when the ball gets to McGugan, who stops and looks straight away for a pass. He never runs with the ball. He's not straight away looking for the next pass to a forward pass he got the ball controlled it gave it to McEachern slowed up all of a sudden left it all behind the ball and all of a sudden he's under pressure and he's getting the blame too much yeah another thing with McGugan as well that I sort of noticed I mean he is <laughs> I mean I, I was sort of saying how much I was looking forward to seeing him play in, the, in sort of the early podcast this season um, and he's like a, I think I mentioned to you earlier John he's like a problem school child isn't it? it's like he can, he's producing stuff at times, but he's turning into the player that Forest fans told us he would be. Yeah. He's going missing. And a lot of the time, you're saying about when he gets the ball, if he gets the ball under pressure, which he is getting because we're not getting the movement from the forward players, he, he doesn't seem to like it. He doesn't seem to be able to control it very well. He's sort of giving it away too easily. So people are going to go for playing it sideways. The Guggen has been doing that all, uh, in case he's not doing it because he's not been able to hold on to the ball for more than one or two touches no, I would just point out there's nothing wrong with the problem school Charles I was <laughs> relatively difficult and I turned out, <laughs> turned out just about alright but I think sort of the, the conversation we're having is indicative of the, of the month we've had we meant we've gone lo, lo, lost win lost draw lost and there is a bit of a fug isn't there a bit of a sort of malaise sort of over the place and it's difficult to get excited after a month like that and it is I think the, the natural thing for football sports to do is, is to look at individuals and look at uh, um, where things are going wrong and who's to blame almost and whether you do it constructively or a little bit more sort of black and white it, it, it's an easy trap to fall into and I think, but if what, I think the what, what I like of this conversation Mike is that actually we're not treating this as in it's, uh, it's all gone pear-shaped we need to no, adjust things we just have a nice, we have a nice conversation as fans do where we are playing around but we are, you know Jason is giving a great idea of another formation using the same players without Amon Abdi in there yeah, and, and, it, and, and we're not taking it let's say too seriously no, but I think we'll talk about expectation problems a bit later in the podcast we will we will but, and Jason's given it a lot of thought <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that's exactly right that's what that's what you're right to do in football but if you look at it the, the helicopter view it's, it's, uh, for me it's quite straightforward defensively we're not settled and we're not performing the midfield is, is certainly not performing we are without a shadow of a doubt the biggest miss is Alman Abdi who can pick a pass who can unlock defences which are increasingly mean increasingly understanding how to play us as an outfit and that is leaving the, the, the front guys whoever they are isolated and everything is, is gumming up the defence can't rely on the midfield and vice versa the, the, the front men aren't, aren't expecting that killer pass to come because invariably it's not going to come they're coming deep so that's leaving holes up front and it, it, the, the going forward which used to be such a joy has become really lethargic and I think that's indicative of the whole sort of every sort of bank of, of, of midfield attack and defence not performing on all cylinders and it's the whole thing is, feels like a bit like a, a souffle that hasn't risen at the moment you've got all the ingredients right but it's not quite you know you've set the oven too low or whatever you've left it for too long it's not quite right and 
the, so that's that sort of is disappointing. There is, there is, it does feel quite disappointing to mm. me at the moment. But, 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 and I remember saying to Andy at, at Reading away, when we were three one down, not playing particularly well. You look around and there's players as far as the eye can see that can turn things around in an instant. And and the, the, the fallout from the Leicester game that probably got to be one of the heaviest defeats since the Pozzos and Zola came in, and it, it looked bad. But I forced myself to do it, much like I've made myself watch Palace lift the bloody playoff trophy. <laughs> I'm right, I'm going to be here because it's going to make it even better. And not just replaying Palace lifting the playoff trophy. <laughs> um, Arsenal scoring. I, I, watched the, I watched the Leicester game again the other day, and Watford created a lot. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, but it's, we're not quite there, and there's, there's absolutely no denying that, and it does need something. Whether it's a plan B, whether it's whatever, something needs to happen, and, and something, something will, I think, because these players are different bloody class, and, and if Stoli can pull it together, then we're still in for a fun season. Now, we're, we're having a, a great conversation here, because we're, we're thoughtful football fans, we like to think ourselves are anyway. Um, there's a bloke who sits behind us, and he's constantly going... Come on, Zola, what are you thinking about? You know, like, as if Zola doesn't watch the game of football like we do and understand where things are going wrong. Yeah, you, you did that quite placid, actually, <laughs> to what he's really like. And, he, and to be fair, yes, he normally shouts at the referee if he's having a bad game. He, you don't hear him. There's no positives from you, are there? You're only hearing no, no. the negatives. I've, n- I've never denied anyone that right, though. If that's the way no, you no, want no, to watch no, your football, then, then so be it. If you want to be, um, what's his name, Stress Derek, and have your blood <laughs> vessel bursting out the side of your head, then, well... You know, if, 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 I think the phrase he keeps saying is, are you watching Zola? Yes, of course he's watching. Well, yes, but, of this, he's but this is the point, um, John, you see, because Jason has just mapped out very, very carefully how he thinks this team would work. Yeah. I think he's still missed out a, a defensive midfielder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought I'd go away with that. But, <laughs> but, but, some, but, but you listening might have a completely different set of ideas, and you might, you might be mentally imagining the team that Jason has selected and thinking... How's that going to get work? That's going to get blown to pieces. Bailey, you buffoon. <laughs> but that's the beauty of it. And people will argue in different ways, but that, that is the beauty of the game. And, 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 and fan, Watford fans are, are as entitled as anyone to be miffed when things don't go right. And it's just how they express that, I guess. Well, the opinions will go on until we start winning. And then everyone will be happy. Sort it out, have Franco. <laughs> From the rookery end, we are we're in the midst of seeing the East Stands slowly disappear at Watford. Every time we go to a game, a little bit more of it's gone, a little bit more of it's a little flatter. Like a metaphor for our season at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> turn it back up. <laughs> um, the, the more that goes down, the more things are going to get worse. Um, so the East Stands slash Main Stands, depending on how you, you yeah, name it, of course. But did you know who's actually behind the demolition? Here is an advertisement for the company run by a former Watford player. Robo's Rubbers! We'll turn your crumbling East End stand into, well, crumbs! Crumbs! Or you might want to get out of the way. We use our patented demolition techniques. Yeah, we'll kick it down from the ankles up. This is going to be love. We pass all the health and safety regulations. Well, more than the Miley Cyrus twerking demolition company. I came in like a Busting Robbo's Rubblers, kicking down stadiums since 996, and we'll even throw in Kenilworth Road for free. Hola, soy Manuel Almunia. You're listening to From the Rock Radio. Here it is, a collection of historic and intriguing items that define Watford Football Club. Oh, it's Watford in 100 Objects! 
So, Watford FC and 100 Objects is our search for those special things that define Watford. Uh, and we've got one close to home this month. John, tell us all about it. Well, the object that I want to put in this month, um, we, haven't put, we, haven't actually, we haven't put personal ones in for a while, have we? Uh, I want to put in the Watford Double Decker bus, minus part of the roof. Uh, I got a flashback, there was a, a bus crash I think near Harpenden and the, the roof came off the bus and it had a flashback at that point of being on the Watford bus. We'd been to Arsenal, Highbury for the day to go and see there with Junior Hornets, Anne Swanson, everyone sort of on, on, on the bus and we went to, uh, we went to uh, Highbury, we played in the, the JVC Centre, a little indoor pitch they had, had there, we played the Arsenal Juniors absolutely got trout you know they absolutely took us to pieces they were a tour and we came back on the way back we were going up uh, the Holloway Road went under a bridge as we went under the bridge <laughs> the roof started coming off because it was a bit lower than expected uh, I was feeling David James on the bus and I was on the top top deck um, about six, seven rows back and it started happening and someone said, I think it's David James, David James might have saved my life, at least I'm ahead. Because <laughs> <laughs> you are quite tall, John, yes, I imagine yes. you were quite tall then. Even at age 11, whoever it was. No, this is like, no, this is like, uh, uh, 19, I think it was 88, 89. Nah, it couldn't have been. We were in Division 2 then. I can't remember what it was. Renegade 8798 under Bassett. We did. I think, I think it was. Was that year? 8798. No, no, I think it was 8899. Um, I think it's the first two rows out. And I sort of put this up on, on our Facebook uh, page, facebook.com forward slash rookery. And uh, uh, David uh, Nang and Alan Silver said they were on the bus as well. Um, and they it's were. Small world. Small as a bridge. <laughs> and they said, um, and I remember, I forgot this, but we ended up in Highbury Police Station, all the Junior Hornets, in Highbury Police Station. They gave us a little tour, <laughs> but unfortunately the police dogs weren't in. So we saw their kennels, but we couldn't actually see any of them. And a coach came and picked us up, and we arrived back at Ricky's Road, and all the mums and dads were there waiting. But of course, back then, no yeah. mobile phones. Yeah, the first, the first mini Watford firm at Arsenal was came back, oh yeah, I've just got back from Arsenal, got back from Highbury, Nick. It's got a lot of us. Uh, but it was, just, you know, it was one of those great things we used to do with Junior Hornets, go out on these trips around the place, uh, but this one ended with uh, the bus. So is it the bus that's going in, or the, is it the, the, the former bus is going in, bus? yeah. Um, the the double-decker Watford bus. Because another one, someone, I can't remember it was on Twitter, put a picture from somewhere in the Far East of a Watford bus, that was a 138.com sponsored bus that had pictures of Anya, Dini and yeah. a couple of other Watford players. It's amazing. Yeah, so two things that sort of remind me of that, that event as a junior hornet. So the bus that's lost its roof is going into a, a list of 100 objects to define Watford Football Cup. Got something to send the boys? Then email podcast at fromtherookeryend.com. So after a month of uh, three losses to Leicester, Derby and Blackburn, uh, a win away yes. at Huddersfield uh, and a draw away at uh, Brighton. What for fans 
in the, the modern world that we live in can easily share their opinion uh, and as we said earlier on maybe the opinions don't necessarily or to us anyway feel as if they're a little extreme I keep, the phrase I keep, I keep saying to myself is well it's better than 1995 I think all I mean by that is the 90s weren't necessarily the best time to be a Watford fan anything 98 was pretty good. 98 was quite good. And 99 was pretty good. Yeah. All right. Sorry. The mid to early 90s. Um, anything that was better than that is, 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 is a nice place to be as a Watford fan. But, you know, Mike, is, we, we, is this season living up to expectation? Well, I think you're certainly damning it with faint praise by comparing it to 1995. <laughs> so it's definitely better than that. But is he living up to expectations again? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see till the end of the season. But I will say that this is the first month, the first period, when it's all started to feel a little bit... Quite what I had in mind. What did you have in mind? Well, I'll be I'll be honest. When when we we signed all these players in in the season in the close season, I fell into the trap of thinking to myself a little bit, and I shared it with you guys and on the podcast. This is what we've done last year with no pre-season, and we only started playing in sort of November. Now look at all these other extra players we've got. We are going to be amazing. And. It was almost impossible not to feel that. Sun on your back in July, signing after signing after signing. There was, of course, a little bit of us sort of sticking one in the eye of everyone who said, oh, what are you going to do in all the low knees? Oh, I'll tell you what we'll do, we'll sign them and then some. So it <laughs> felt great, didn't it, in summer? And it did feel like that we, we were, we were going to do well. Um, and we started off well. But like I say, this, this month has been, it's been disappointing. And it's not just the results, I think, but the manner of the results has been a little bit sort of hard to take. The Derby game in particular, I found really, really tough this month because just the nature of the goals that, that Derby scored, the qu- it almost summed us up in a nutshell. The two goals that we scored were absolutely sublime. And the three that Derby scored were completely avoidable. We gave the ball away too much. Uh, and we just got rolled over and we, and, and, and we, we gifted it to Derby on a plate. Really frustrating. So it's, I think it's the first time when it's feeling like a little bit, not disappointing, but, but not living up to expectations, if I'm honest. But I also get the wider sense that people are getting a little bit twitchy and a little bit panicky and a little bit starting to look in directions just to, to try and find out what's going wrong. Is it Zola? Is it individual players? Is it, is it the, the model that we're using? And people are, aren't really understanding, can't quite get a grip on why things aren't going to plan because we're not used to it. We're not used to it. And losing 3 0 at home, that's the last game before we, before we did this podcast. Because yeah. oh, sorry, sorry. expectations come from something that's happened before. You know, um, a friend of mine's very good at uh, pub quizzes. Let's get into the next pub quiz. Oh, I didn't know as much. Maybe the quiz questions here in the last one were lucky. Last season, Jason, the expectations for what we saw last season was it to be a team that was at the top of the league for the entire season? For this season, from um, last season, from the same, having seen the team from last season, so having seen this, yeah, do we expect it for so, this season? Yeah. So having seen the team that we had last year, Jason, and uh, the way they played for the across, let's say, the whole year, were there expectations to have a team that would be in and around the um, automatic promotions straight away? Now, can I refer back to? I, I can't remember what point it was last season, but Jan Franco actually said we will be challenging for automatic promotion this season or words to that effect um, so that sort of set fans expectations I think anyway and like Micah said all the signings and the way we and, and let's be fair to, to Gianfranco 
he took this sort of mixed group of players and got them to within a I know you said Nats Cup then but I shouldn't really <laughs> um, very close to uh, promotion twice nearly did it yeah. automatically yeah. nearly got it in the playoffs that's for um, reliving the pain twice then, <laughs> yeah that's alright no worries you know you have to live the lows and to enjoy the highs um, so yeah, there's no reason why that expectation shouldn't be there but we didn't have a great season last year there were, there were massive throws last year beginning of the year we didn't get off to off to you know, great guns because so much change so many players settling but a great one in the middle but yeah, honestly there's a point at last at the end of last year where we, we didn't want to get automatic points we didn't want to win games we weren't seeing teams off it wasn't like it's almost like we ended up in third place because us Hull and Cardiff none of us could actually finish off yeah, and that's, that's the pressure that's the pressure of uh, of football of, of making that big leap to the Premier League I mean, yeah, Hull have been there before, but that was a good few years ago, so a lot of their players probably wouldn't have been there before. Certainly, not many of the Watford squad would have done it before, and for Cardiff, they've been in that position so many times before, they've been completely crashed and burned, then yeah, the teams are always going to struggle. We always say about the playoffs, it's the team that comes steaming through at the end that, that make it. Um, and it wasn't really a team that did that in the end, Leicester squeaked in, we were always up there, Palace were always up there at the start of the season, there was no one real team that sort of made that big push and uh, and that sort of leads into this season as well there was was there really anyone at the end of last season that was sort of flying to the point where they would get off to a good run this season and, and sort of take the league by storm um, in, including it's, us it's, it's a very different league I, don't, I feel it, it just feels different this year I don't know is it is it you, you can see similarities. Um, Leicester up there again. Yeah. Uh, we haven't got Cardiff, but QPR are, are up there, and we said they'd be up there. Palace were a bit of a surprise package at the start of last season. Call that Burnley this season. Mm. Um, and yeah, there's no. I think the difference is that Cardiff looks like they were going to be champions yeah. quite early on. At the moment, it's hard to tell. I don't expect the Burnley to stay there. Dice is doing a fantastic job, obviously, but I think there will come a point where they, they will slip. Yeah. Leicester, you don't know mm. if they will do what they always do, which is fall apart after Christmas and and, again. and I feel and QPR. Yeah, they've got the players there; they, they look good, but they haven't really played anyone decent apart from Burnley, where they lost. Um, they've got Reading I think it is coming up this weekend and that will be a big test for them so we don't really know if they've got if they've got the credentials yet my thing about Leicester I can easily see them diving after they, get, they played us they, they, it seemed like that was their cup final well we've probably turned it into that for them and I'll, I'll by the way massive massive props to Harry Hornet for basically recreating that goal yeah, I mean, on his own for the game. A lot of people <laughs> it was great. complained about, about doing that and saying, you know, yeah, yeah. we wrote their teams all for them and stuff, but come on, if you can't enjoy a, a game like that before a game like this, then, then something's wrong. Now, but I will defend to the hilt a football supporter's um, right to be thoroughly disappointed after losing 3 0 at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I will also defend the right to be disappointed after the months we've had. It hasn't, hasn't been great. We've picked up, what, four points out of a possible uh, 6 9 12. So that's not that's not promotion for anyone's book. So all the Watford fans out there, including us, who are feeling disappointed, have every right to do so. However, I would, it's all it must, 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 and this is integral to enjoying being a Watford supporter at the moment. 
maintain perspective. Because, yes, be disappointed. Gutted we've lost three, and that's a pain in the arse. And it was on telly, everyone's laughing in the office on Monday. Annoying. <laughs> but there's, one, there's a lot of things worse than, than losing a game like that. One of them is not being in business, which very nearly happened. Amen. One of them is being mediocre to crap most of the time. You, you know, your reference to the 90s, the early, you know, 95 in particular, and that, that mid 90s were boring. Dice, Mackay is. They, they did well for us, but what we were looking for, we were, we, were, we were always looking over our shoulder against relegation. And that's changed overnight. We've had 12 months of being self-confessed now contenders, or expecting to be contenders. And, you know, how, how we used to sit there when we were bottom of the, of the championship, or bottom of Division 1, and oh, look at those United fans, they just expect it all to land in their lap. Look at Chelsea, they've had new owners turn up and they bought success, you know, they can't be enjoying that. You know, what fun is that? Well, we're not Man United and we're not Chelsea, but we've got owners who have brought us a whole new ball game, a whole new football club in, in effect. And lo and behold, it's, you know, I can't hold my hands up. Like I said at the start of this little bit, I was expecting stuff from us this season that perhaps we didn't have a right to. What makes it more enjoyable is seeing the ride for the, seeing the bigger sort of journey, the, the whole A to Z of it, not just the bit we're on now not just um, October and a bit of November, which hasn't been great. It's like going on holiday. Sometimes you get lost on the way, don't you? But when you get there, you have an amazing holiday. You don't, think, you don't remember, oh, do you remember between miles 23 and 25? <laughs> we went wrong. We had to double back and change the route a bit. No, you look back and think, what an amazing holiday that was. So, yes. And, and in fact, that's me going back to last year. Everyone is remembering that semi-final playoff game against Leicester. That, that second half, we played that. We were playing amazing football. Well, we we, we, we played well. It's almost like they're, they're remembering the end of the holiday. They're not actually really remembering. There was quite a couple of missed turns. Let's we say on our yeah. way to the holiday. While we're all talking about Leicester, I mean that that is a standalone moment. Oh, it yeah. doesn't doesn't matter that Leicester beat us this week. It doesn't matter if we never beat Leicester again. It doesn't matter if Anthony Knockhart scores a million goals against us yeah. in the next six games. That standalone thing is the best thing ever. Yeah, well, certainly <laughs> up there. And all the people going on about he got redemption on Saturday. No. No chance, mate. No <laughs> chance. You still norse that up, big star. You still asleep. self to see. So, yes be, yes, be grumpy. Yes, be frustrated. Yes, want to make it better. Yes, be like, you know, have the chat we had earlier. Chase came up with a great plan as to how he thinks we should fix it. Um, everyone's got the right to be moody. I'm as moody as anyone on these. But part of the fun of this is, 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 is the anticipation, is the, is the working it out, chatting about it, and trying to get to a position where we will be successful, not just sitting back and waiting to happen and, and moaning when it doesn't. And to be fair, and most people don't, and there, but there is always a vocal minority who sort of starts going, well, this isn't going the way I want it, change something to somebody. And that's not really the way to do it. There's so much to be enjoyed, even when it's not going as we want it to. So that's that's my little thing. You talked about um, <coughs> excuse me. You talked about the uh, the owners. Taking up there, I was checking out maybe it was it filled my uh, filled with my stomach anyway. You talked about the owners. Um, and we had a look, didn't we, when, when they first came in, uh, what they've done with Udinese with Granada. Um, and, and they don't hang about, if they feel that yeah. things aren't going as quickly as they like, they do make changes. So, uh, the big thing for me is that I'm, I'm happy to trust them, and if they feel the change needs to be made, they would, need, they would make that change. But uh, there's people saying, so they're out, I, I, 
think, I think so you, this is the first sort of really bad run he's had with <coughs> with a decent set of players um, and surely with what he did last season he's earned the right yeah. to show that he can turn things around yeah. and get it sorted yeah. I mean, do, do you think I know we, I might be completely off here but the fact that the, the gates were up at Watford quite significantly let's say and I was sent to a Brighton fan actually a couple of weeks ago and he said he, he went you know, he went to, when they went to Gillingham he went to the uh, the Goldstein Goldstein, Goldstein. The, the Goldstein. Andy Goldstein Memorial Stadium <laughs> uh, the Goldstein uh, and when there's like a few thousand there mm. and now they've got 20 plus thousand yes. the most home supporters in the country and they're moaning about all these things and, and what have you is it a bunch of Watford fans that just don't remember yeah for sure by definition there's people coming now that weren't coming before. Mm. Now, the people coming before when we were struggling are, by the same definition, the same divvies like you and I, they who go regardless and are big, big, hardcore Watford fans. That, I don't think I'm, you know, I, we all want the new grounds, the new, new stand to be built. For that to be built, we need more, more people. So I think yeah. the day you start yeah, complaining yeah, yeah, yeah. about more people coming is, is, is a very, very slippery slope. Right. But, but it will do, Michael, if it's, a, if it's the reason why we're going down. Because the East stand is going yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, it goes back to that thing expectation. And there are people coming along because they're expecting two things to see a good brand of football, but perhaps more than that, they're expecting to see Watford win. And there's nothing wrong with that. And but now it's over to Gianfranco Zola, to to the owners, and and perhaps most importantly of all, the squad, that squad of players. They showed it last year. That game against Charlton away mm. was the was the was the moment it all changed for me. Um, I was worried about Joel Ekstrand coming on and making his debut. I thought, crikey, he's going to struggle. And that night they all bluff and thundered it through, and uh, and never really looked back in my eyes. Now we haven't had that moment yet this year, so. My message to, to them is give us give us the, the, the 8,000 who have always been there and the other 8,000 who are now there, which is great. Give us all something to cheer about because at the end of the day, there's only, there's only one group of people that can do it and that's, that's you. Come on, you audience. A podcast made by Watford fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. Uh, Mike, we've been waiting far too long. Jason gave us his 4-3-3 uh, earlier in there. He said he had two defensive-minded midfielders. There's, there's he named one, which was going to be McEachran. And your second one. Now, interesting players you, you haven't picked. McGoogan, we mentioned, why not? First yep. Of all the other players, who you normally start, Doily. No, nope, I haven't mentioned Doily. And you haven't mentioned Anya. I haven't mentioned any, no, and, and controversial, I think, because a lot of people have been clamouring for him to start. Um, for all his pace at the moment, he seems to be struggling a bit when he's actually then got the ball. Um, and he's been a bit profligate with it. We saw it on Saturday. Mm. Um, either shooting opportunities or crossing opportunities hasn't gone quite right for him. Um, He'd be on the bench, I'm sure. <laughs> I'd have him there as a, as a, as a yeah, as, and then we use his pace against a, a tired defence, maybe. But I, I just think Ferroni would be a bit more consistent, and I think I, I still think I've said it before that we look a lot more dangerous at the moment. Pudil down the left because he, when he gets down there, he seems to be able to do a lot more with the ball. So Mike, who 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 can he pick? Who has he got left? 
Irony's a, Irony's a tough one. I don't know if I'd have him or not, but of course, they've got another option. Landed today. No, yes. Mr. George Thorne. Got a thorn in us. I've got George... <laughs> how, long, how long have you been... Oh, I have oh. George Thornby. Oh. I have no idea about... Even if these have been then. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so you've got Irony or you've got uh, George Thorne. Or... Or... Christian Bataki. Well, yeah, no, he's one that... Defensive? Well, we talked about Abdi being in the in the team as, as sort of creating that link okay. between with that big gap that I've got in my midfield yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost you've got, got a six four so formation again I still, Jason. still <laughs> 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 um, uh, <laughs> one thing is we started to work out how difficult it is for Jan Franco's over oh, oh yeah absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Now, now I've regained my composure um, Jason's the best England manager <laughs> after John just spat at me um, <laughs> uh, yeah could be that sort of the drive between the defensive and the attacking midfield options pick Jason we've got to give it the team so team let's have so what yeah, is then. it McEachran and Patochia let's run through the team then Jason from back to front again. Almunia I didn't even mention Almunia we're going to have a goal Almunia Ferroni Angela Extrans Padil from right to left there, yeah. Yep. Uh, two defensive midfielders, McKechnie and Batokio. Yep. Uh, attacking midfielder Fabrini. Murray on the right of the front three. Farcher on the left of the front three. Dini in the middle of the front three. So technically, is that a four-two-one-three? It's almost like, again doing the old football manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be a four-two-three-one, couldn't it? Because because Fabrini <laughs> really attacking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and sort of. Sit behind Deeney with two. Well, well, the good thing is he's picked eleven now, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> so, but now you need to get on Facebook. Yeah. And and give us your 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 starting eleven. Facebook.com forward slash rookery end. Uh, yeah, give us your starting elevens. Um, that's different. Yeah, I bet you will. I bet you the first the first fifteen that come through will all be different. Yeah. And because, I like it, because everyone's better at putting a football manager. <laughs> <than Jason. laughs> uh, well, thank you for listening. Uh, we've got another month ahead. Uh, Middlesbrough is the next game. Um, no, I'm not exactly. Um, another month of what football ahead. Uh, we're back in December. We're not, we're not 100% sure exactly what December is going to be. Uh, Mike and I might do a little one podcast at the beginning of the month. Jason has a quite a big <laughs> arrival on his way at the beginning yeah, of. Uh, can't guarantee my appearance, unfortunately. So that. And then, but we're we're looking at doing something like Ipswich just for Christmas. Sounds good. Christmas yeah. special. Sounds good. Uh, thank you again for listening. Thank you for downloading. Remember. Subscribe on iTunes so it gets sent, sent straight to you. Uh, less hassle that way. And uh, we'll be back in a, an amazing Watford place. Yeah. Come on, you arms. Yeah. Come on, you arms. It's going to be brilliant. Bring it on.